Hello and welcome. I'm Manali Hirani, your host and creator of Fertility Education, shortly named as Fertility Ed. I launched this podcast with a mission, which is to educate people and share my knowledge about the subject of fertility. And by doing this, I believe that it will empower women to make an informed decision of their sex life and future family planning. And I'm pretty excited to bring you my next episode of podcast. Just to introduce myself again, I am a certified embryologist, hypnotherapist, natural family planning practitioner and your fertility advisor. And I have had my presence in this field for over 10 years now. And I'm using this platform to share my knowledge, experience and empower you on your next step regarding fertility. I will be covering a range of topics through my podcast episode which will educate you further to understand your own body and this broad field. And if you're one of those who are suffering from infertility, I want to tell you that you're not alone in this journey. And as a fertility advisor, I will try my best to educate you so you can keep your fertility health up to the mark. So let's learn, empower, and inspire. Right then, here we go. Hello and welcome again to my listeners. And those who are listening to me for the first time, warm welcome. And I'm sure you will enjoy your journey of fertility education with me. I'm your host, Manali Hirani. Now, whether you're planning on falling pregnant or family planning is the last thing on your mind, you've probably wondered at some point about your fertility, right? But which fertility issues are actually worth thinking about in your 20s? And which are the ones that you can avoid as of now? If you are in your 20s, or probably not thinking about getting pregnant. Now, for the first time, women in their 30s are having more babies than women in their 20s. According to the Centers of Disease Control data, it says the mean age of motherhood has officially peaked at 28 years old, up to from the 24.6 in 1970, which means women are having children later than ever. In part, that's encouraging. Let women are investing time into their careers and independent lives. They are becoming financially independent and they're doing what they like to do. While waiting until your 30s to have children certainly has its own benefits. It affords you time to emotionally and financially prepare yourself before you take the next step. But age is one of the most significant determinants of success or failure of fecundability for women. Interestingly, enough research has also suggested that women who have their first child in their 30s tend to live longer. Well, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but there are some researches out there which claims this. But we all know that fertility is ageist. And if you pass 30 and want kids, the thought can still be daunting. There might be nothing tougher on a marriage than infertility. Trust me. I have seen thousands of marriages falling apart just because of infertility. And when you had rather be officially expecting a baby, the onslaught of hormone treatments, the sex on demand, which is actually not fun, and seriously it isn't, and the expensive and invasive fertility treatments, all of this can make your life miserable. The another data says that one in eight couples are struggling to fall pregnant Now you can blame that on pesticides in food or hormone disrupting stress or blocked fallopian tubes. Experts point out to a host of medical, environmental and social factors for infertility. 
Therefore, it is really important to take care of your fertility in your 20s and 30s, irrespective of your pregnancy plan. It is like prevention is better than cure. After all, women are born with all of their eggs, and which is unlike like men, who makes new sperm all the time. And over time, both number and quality declines as you age. Risk of miscarriage as well as the maternal risk rises too with age. Now, by the time we hit 30, we have retained around 10% of our 1 of 2 million eggs, which are poor in quality, but thanks to advances in medical technology and a wider awareness surrounding women's reproductive health issues. There's a lot you can do to boost your fertility. Well, there's a lot you can do to boost your fertility and that too in your third decade of life. But first of all, is that you should start caring about your fertility. While it's difficult to even think about your fertility when babies are long way off, but experts insist that it's super important to be aware of your reproductive health. And you know, that's the reason why I say fertility education over here. Because it's really important for you to know that what's going on in your ovaries from the periods to hormonal changes. If having children is one of your priorities, then being aware of your reproductive health is crucial. That's what people think. But personally, I would like to say, irrespective of having children is your priority, you should still be aware of your reproductive health. Lifestyle choices you make in your teens and 20s, as well as genetic health issues, can have significant impact on your fertility in later life. Being aware of this now will increase your chances of falling pregnant naturally later on. And on the other end, many people believe that their biological clock runs out as soon as they hit 30. Well, this is not true. Just don't believe this hype. Everyone is different and some women will have better fertility than the others of their age. I have done the entire episode on biological clock. Do listen to that episode. However, biologically speaking, the quality and the number of eggs a woman has usually declines quite rapidly after the age of 35. We are born with a finite number of eggs that deplete as we age, both quality and the quantity. However, every woman is different and will have a personal fertility timeline that could be earlier or later depending on the health, medical and family history. And you know, quite often when I meet women who are in their age of 30, they say that they are going to have to wait a year or two before they start trying for a pregnancy. Well, I always encourage them to start as soon as they can because it can take a while to conceive and a miscarriage is really common when you first time, when you get pregnant for the first time, which means you have to pick yourself up and try again. The time it takes varies from person to person and couple to couple. So there are numbers of influencing factors, including your age, reproductive health, general health, and of course, the amount of times you have sex, that means some couple will fall pregnant within weeks and others may take months or years. So to be honest, I prefer that you, if, uh, for example, you were thinking to get pregnant at 32, you should start trying by the age of 30 because you never know what will happen next? Probably you might go through miscarriage and you, you have uh, time to repair your body and pick yourself again and start trying again. So always plan at least a year or two years before you actually want to have a baby. Now at 30, your chances of pregnancy every month is about 
and by the 40 it drops to 5%. Now large studies suggest that miscarriage rate below the age 35 years is about 15%, which is quite a lot. But this rate rises progressively to 25% by the age 39 and 50% by the age 44. So plan accordingly. Now we can't see future so it's better that we become smart and plan our future accordingly. Now, this was all about why you should start early and what does it mean. Now, let's talk things to do, what you should be doing while you are in your 20s or 30s. Now, firstly, rule out any underlying health concerns which are gone detected and untreated. A few conditions that can compromise your fertility, such as um, irregular periods or missed periods. Now, missed periods do not necessarily mean you're infertile or cause infertility, okay? But if you start to miss periods regularly, you should see your doctor because that could indicate any other underlying health issues that could affect your fertility. Now, the same thing goes for irregular bleeding. When starting hormonal contraception such as pill or implant, irregular bleeding is common for the first three months. But there, there are many different causes of bleeding between the periods and most are not anything to worry about but seek medical advice if it lasts longer than three, uh, three months. And also if you're not on the uh, hormonal contraception I, and if you're suffering from irregular bleeding, I would still ask uh, you to visit your doctor and just get a regular checkup done. And now other thing, also look out for your period pain. Now, today's generation think that it is normal to have period pains or discomfort during menstruation. But trust me, it isn't. It isn't normal, especially in young women. However, if your cramps are stopping you from going about your normal life or not responding to um, over-the-counter painkillers, uh, pain then you need to see your GP. And most important thing, if you're thinking to plan pregnancy in a year time from now, then do look at it. You Because you need to make sure that you don't have any other ovulation disorder. Because if you might have, it can delay your pregnancy plan. Now there comes the ovulation part. So that's the reason you should know that are you ovulating normally and regularly every month. So pick up an ovulation kit to start with. Just to know that if things are okay with you. Because peak fertility is usually two days pre-ovulation. But you could try anywhere between day 12 and day 18 of your cycle. Now, with the day 1 is beginning the first year of your periods, if you know. I hope you all know by now. Now, with this, you also know that sperm should be present before the ovulation to increase your chances of conceptions. Now, if you're trying ovulation kit, a kit will turn positive, like ovulation strip will turn positive 24 to 36 hours before ovulation because it detects your LH hormone which rises before the ovulation. Now also if you know the fertility awareness method like to know how to track your cervical mucus and basal body temperature to know the ovulation then it is not required. Now again I have done the entire episode on it so do listen to them. I think I'll post the link all in the show notes the episode that you should be listening linked with this episode. Uh, the above one that I talked about about was biological clock and the ovulation like how to track your ovulation in fertile days do listen to that episode because it is going to be really helpful and if you wish to learn fertility awareness method which is obviously beneficial for natural conception and natural contraception in future you can contact us because we provide a fertility awareness method course this is a succession course 
And if you wish to learn it, it's a completely online course. It won't take much of your time and it is an invaluable tool as a woman to have. Now let's move forward and talk about the possible conditions that you might be having. Starting with polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. It's one of the most common thing I hear. My mom says I never heard about this term ever. But in my generation, it is such a common term right now. Now, PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome is a common hormonal condition that can affect your ovarian function. PCO contains, uh, like polycystic ovaries contain a large number of small follicles or immature XX. If you have irregular periods and you are overweight and ovulation can be affected, which makes natural conception difficult. If you are showing any of the symptoms of PCOS but have not been yet formally diagnosed, please go to your GP Ask for a referral to specialist because early diagnosis and treatment can help you to avoid IVF and other invasive treatments in future. Now, many women with PCOS worry that they will never be able to conceive because of it. But PCOS is just a treatable condition. And, but many women with PCOS do get pregnant. They probably don't even know that they ever had PCOS. But that's the mild PCOS. But I would still suggest you to go and speak to your GP if you have this condition. It's, it's really important to rule out because it can also cause the other, other health conditions. Let's take a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. The other one is endometriosis. Now, endometriosis might affect your chances of having baby later on because endometriosis is a chronic condition that causes inflammatory changes, scarring and cysts in the ovaries, while endometriosis may not necessarily cause infertility. It is associated with the fertility problems. However, even with a severe endometriosis, natural conception is still possible. Now, these were the two common ones, uh, is PCOS, endometriosis, and also the other common one is thyroid. And there are, of course, other factors to consider, like, like I said, thyroid issues or pelvic inflammatory disease or sexually transmitted infections or any other ovulatory issues or premature menopause or high prolactin levels. Oh my God, there's a list. And uh, I think I have already done the episode. Anyway, I'll do the episode again if it's if not. So where I'll be talking about the causes of infertility. I mean, I think, yes, I have done it. What are the causes of infertility? You can also go to uh, previous episodes and look into that. Of course, with even the other factors, I would advise you that taking an fertility MOT test or speaking to your GP if you're concerned and make sure that you don't have any of these underlying health conditions. If you have any of these conditions or if you think if you might have, then please go and speak to your doctor. Again, irrespective of your pregnancy plans. Now, one of the most important thing and most neglected thing, okay, is ask your mom about her period history and about her pregnancy history. Because understanding your family's medical history can give you a good indication of your own fertility, a factor that is often overlooked. 
If your mother struggled to get pregnant naturally and had recurrent miscarriages or early menopause, the likelihood is that you will have as well. Conditions such as PCOS that have impact on your fertility also tend to run in families. So it's worth asking your female relatives a few personal questions. Asking female from your maternal side, mostly like uh, if your mom is not available and talk to your mom sisters you know from the uh, all the women from your maternal side and also if if possible try to know what your maternal grandmom was like you know how were her periods because there are so many girls out there who are lucky to still live with or you know get in touch with their maternal grandmom so please go and ask them because they can only give you your genetic overview which is a, such an invaluable thing and in future if you conceive a daughter or a baby girl you know that you some likely know that what to expect with her periods and with her pregnancy because this runs in genes the fertility things runs in genes of course the uh, environmental factors and the social factors they do have i would say a significant impact but however now i i I was a mild PCOS um I I have a mild PCOS and my mom said she never had mild PCOS but she can't say that she never had mild PCOS she might be having it but probably she never knew about it because she never faced um any such symptoms and she could conceive naturally uh, as and when she wanted but in those days the environment was completely different in my days the environment is completely different that's the reason i'm showing some of the symptoms and probably my future daughter if she has a pcos then that thing would be completely different but at least i know that there is a possibility that she might have pcos because i had it but my mom never knew that she had it but you never know she might have had it but she don't she didn't know about it now when i was talking about the environmental factor that's the reason the certain lifestyle factors do actually impact your fertility now the lifestyle factors such as your bmi diet smoking have a significant impact on your fertility health and it's important to be aware to be conscious of the long term damage that you can do to your fertility even if you do the wrong things at your at a young age when it comes to smoking it's time to give up i know it's hard for some ladies but come on you start start trying to make efforts at least the advice from the nhs is like you know we are from england and over here the nhs run is that smoking reduces fertility in women by reducing the equality and if you're planning a pregnancy in the future you really want your you really want a good quality of egg that's the reason maintaining proper health is crucial and the and the earlier you start the better now starting with diet the most important thing now we know that consuming a diet high in folate can reduce the incidence of genetic abnormalities in offsprings but it can help with fertility too also a study uh, has found that even 5 to 10% gradual and sustained reduction in body weight could regulate your menstrual cycle and improve the quality of your embryos so if you're in a good rich diet uh if you're in optimal health it's a great thing that you can do for yourself to maintain your fertility Now another advice is for coffee lovers out there. Now for women, caffeine can put stress on the adrenal glands and causes blood sugar to roller coaster with high peak and low through which also affects the energy levels, mood and irritability. However, research don't yet confirm that uh, you know, that certain that how caffeine levels related to conception itself, but coffee, tea, over the counter medication, chocolate, fizzy drinks 
all contains caffeine so here's the advice is to try to cut back on caffeine containing foods and drinks during the week treat yourself at weekends but if you need a shot of caffeine take it from tea which has much lower level of caffeine than than the than the coffee so these little changes can go a long way another thing is stress now i have done again the entire episode on stress worth listening now there's more and more information about how mindfulness can be of critical importance to women planning conceptions if you're particularly stressed and how stress hormone cortisol can can affect your brain uh, or your fsh hormone in pituitary gland and the signal goes to the brain that communicate with ovaries and it it's all get impaired and oh god there's, there's i've spoke a lot about it but all i would want to say is please find out the things that you love to do that can manage your stress level so managing your stress level in today's fast world is crucial the another thing is sleep now do you remember the uh, phrase that we used to say you know work hard party harder well uh, it's good it's fun to say it but it's only for weekends and not for weeks because if you work hard and sleep harder would give you more benefits and you know in today's world like how often do we mindlessly scroll through our feeds in bed and when we have to be up in 4 hours the circadian rhythm is such that women ovulate while they sleep at night and so this can be dysregulated turn off this blue light emitting device practice a soothing nighttime routine and get in those 8 hour sleeps trust me if you follow this phrase work hard party hard but sleep harder again you will go wrong way the another one is substance abuse like smoking alcohol or any other thing that you use it's time to stop if you can't stop it's time to reduce it and that goes for both the partners so now i'm now i'm not getting into the detail of what smoking does exactly or what alcohol does to you exactly all i'm trying is like try and just cut down okay it's it's really hard when you're in 20s and 30s when things is all about party and having fun you are young you are energetic it's but it's really easy you know to get carried away because in today's world this is what it is called to be have fun so please take um take tiny steps of cutting it down or making sure that if you're smoking five times a day you cut down to two times and then you eventually give up for only weekends and same goes with alcohol and same goes with any other thing that you do so stop substance abuse now another thing is um birth control okay the, um even the birth control can affect your fertility um such as iud or pills and some people uh, who have aborted their child now for iud in olden days there were there were iud's that used to cause infections but nowadays with the ultimate medical treat uh, medical advancement i think you have better options now with pills um well i would say there 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 are thousands of gynec out there or specialists out there who will say there's no harm in taking pills but i have personally taken them when i was in my uni days but to be honest after getting into this and diving deep into this i would really recommend you not to take pill and look out for the other options the other one is abortion well most women have had an abortion experience no impact on their fertility if someone had dnc the fact that the uterus was evacuated and sometimes the mechanical removal of a pregnancy can result in additions which can be a uh, stickiness or scarring just look into that but mostly 
mostly if the doctor who has performed any of this procedure uh hopefully are specialist and they must have done really good job so it shouldn't affect your fertility to that level but it's always go and get it checked now of all the things i have told that what you should be doing it and how you should be doing it now one of the most important thing is take a fertility test speak to your family doctor or fertility specialist about the services it's really important to take a fertility uh, test again irrespective of your planning pregnancy or not if, even if you're not taking fertility test at least go and visit your doctor just for the regular checkup and make sure that everything is okay with you because even if you have concern like even a small concern of irregular periods or missed periods that you think okay it's fine it's not so it's really worth going and speaking to your doctor once just take out some time for your reproductive health and do the necessary things now this was all about you or women now what about men because you are the only half of the equations what about the other half now the american society of reproductive medicines found that 40% of infertility cases are attributed to men so what you can do for them have them book an appointment okay these are the steps that you can take it right now uh if you're planning pregnancy if you're not it's okay to avoid but anyway have them book an appointment with a fertility specialist for semen analysis test that sperm count and volume and motility all is good with them if they're smoking try and ask them to reduce smoking as well i know for many women it's really difficult but you can you can ask your man to do it and yeah if you're planning pregnancy now it's worth starting to give your men some vitamin supplements to boost your sperm health so yes this was all for today if you're in your 20s if you're in your 30s and you're really not planning pregnancy and you want to have a life you know enjoy life you still want to wait for a couple of years more before you start planning for pregnancy but start taking the steps because the small steps in your life will go long way for not only your reproductive health or your fertility it will go long way for your overall health and your habit is going to pass down on your future generation so make sure that you are in your best of version before you start before you conceive for a child i have done a lot many previous episode of what do and what not to do before planning pregnancy and why you should be doing it that in detail now i hope you enjoyed listening to me and you've learned something new if you have then do share this episode read this episode and review this episode i love hearing them so this is all i have for you today hope you enjoy it take home a fair bit of knowledge and thank you so much for listening i would highly appreciate if you can please leave your reviews feedback suggestions and questions if you have any i would love to hear from you so you can drop us an email on info@fertilityed.com You can also follow me on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube on the name of Fertility Ed. I would urge you to share this knowledge among your friends and relatives, be it girls or boys. It doesn't matter. Just spread the word and awareness. And yeah, don't forget to subscribe. See you next time. Until then, stay fertile, stay healthy. Bye-bye.